Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of the Boneyard. Hope you are well today. It is an absolutely beautiful day here in Starkville. A little bit cool, but man, the sun is out. I don't know that there is a, a cloud in the sky. It is an absolutely Chamber of Commerce quality day, at least on this side of the window. It's wonderful to be here in Starkville. Some of you, I know, they've kind of kept up recently with uh, the discussions about the dam and that sort of stuff at Octobaha County Lake. Let me, for, I've got several messages, people that have kind of uh, asked about our family. We're fine. And, uh, you know, we're on the... We're on the happy side of the lake, I guess you could say. We are not in the floodplain. But there are some other people that we know and care about that, that are in the floodplain. But um, I understand they have uh, dropped the water level about two feet over the weekend. Uh, they've been pumping water out of the lake regularly. They've got sandbags up. And so 
it, it is an issue, but for now, it appears that uh, you know perhaps the the crisis has been uh, averted for now. Still got to do some major things there, but uh, but be that as it may, I know many of the, it's been made national news. People have asked about the Octobaha County Lake uh, and dam and if it's going to hold up, and I, I think that's still at this point, uh, you know, a, a reasonable risk. But uh, local officials are doing all they can to uh, you know to prevent that. So that's where we are. The good news is we have not had any substantial rain. A uh, few days we had some Saturday morning. That, uh, that lasted a little while, but uh, much of the day, much of the weekend, we were in good shape. So that's uh, that's your civic report from the greater Starkville area. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Absolutely love Bulldog Burger Company. They are wonderful people. They are wonderful restaurateurs. If you're looking for a great place to break bread, there's not a better place than Bulldog Burger Company right here in Starkville and now Tupelo. People that are com- committed to your community absolutely committed to your community. Local people that are going to be here th- through it all. I love that place. You'll love that place. Go in, find your own favorites. But let me tell you this. Let me give you the insider tip. Get the spring rolls as the appetizer. You're going to love it. It's going to make you better looking, make the people around you better looking, and we all need more of that. Kind of back on the Bryant train a little bit, I guess. I like to move it around because I, 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 I go pretty often, but it's one of those things, too, when I go – I kind of find what works for me, and I stick with it. Now that was the Lauren for a long time. The pimentology add bacon is always kind of the uh, the go-to for me. You know, if I hadn't been in a while, I'd go get that one. But uh, so many great options to choose from. And listen, if you don't want a hamburger, you can have you know you can have the kale state salad. You can have uh, the Angry Bird salad. There's a lot of things to choose from there. So, mom, dad, if you're being a little bit health conscious, and perhaps you don't want uh, that, you know, restaurant quality hamburger, there are other options to serve you, but also to, to, to treat you. But you can also get uh, your hamburger on a uh, gluten-free bun, or you can get it on no bun at all. You can get it on a bed of lettuce. Great, great opportunity for you to have a great meal at Bulldog Burger Company. Now in Starkville on University and in Tupelo on Gloucester. Bulldog Burger Company, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So since we have been together, Mississippi State has picked up a, a big win in men's basketball, and, and now we'll get ready to prepare to, uh, to play a huge, huge women's basketball game tonight in Columbia, South Carolina. And just me uttering that phrase, I know kind of sends shivers down your spine because of the rivalry between South Carolina and Mississippi State women's basketball. And I'll tell you, what, to be honest with you, how good is it to be hated? You know, and I'm sure South Carolina feels the same way. I mean, Mississippi State and South Carolina uh, have been the two predominant women's basketball teams in the SEC for the last few years. And to be fair, South Carolina had the better of it until recently. We'll get into some of that a little bit later in the show. But uh, I'm looking forward to the game in some respects. But I, I'll be honest with you, this is a, this is a game that uh, very, 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 very concerning. South Carolina's very good. Very good. So let's uh, jump into a couple things. Men's basketball, big day, big day on Saturday. And and I shared with you guys at the beginning of the conference schedule that we were looking at a rough start. Well, we had a rough start. Now we're looking to bounce back from that. I like where we are right now. I like how we're playing. I think everybody would see, you know what, Mississippi State is playing up to its potential. And uh, to hear Ben Howen talk in postgame, he says the exciting part of it is 
Number one, the, the, the better teams play for each other. This team is playing for each other. And number two, that he believes we have the potential to be even better. One of the things that I said last year, I thought we kind of stood around and watched Q play. We're sharing the basketball a lot better. And uh, I don't really get the sense that there's a lot of selfishness with this team. There are times that I wish Reggie Perry would be a little more selfish. But he is such a great passer in the post that he can do some things to kind of open up things offensively. But uh, we're playing very well the last few ball games. We played pretty well in a loss to Auburn. We did not play well in a loss to Alabama. And that's the one that still kind of sticks with me. Uh, we blew a late lead against LSU in a game we should have won. I've said many times it's what coaching, coaching wins and loses late ball games. We lost the ball game at LSU. And listen, LSU's played well ever since, but this is a very vulnerable LSU team. You blow out Missouri and you blow out Georgia. Let's look at some of the numbers from the Georgia game. Now, a lot of discussion about Anthony Edwards from Georgia. And rightfully so, very talented player. Some people are saying, you know what, hey, you know, one of the top five players in the in the talent pool. He didn't play like it in Humphrey Coliseum. Now, averaging, I think, what, 19.1 points a game. Average got 19, but much of the, many of those points, I think eight of those points came against the, you know, against the bandits late in the ballgame when the game was long decided. State did a great job defensively on him. He goes 34 minutes, 5 of 16 from the floor, 1 of 8 from the three-point line, and then 8 of 9 from the free-throw line. So he did a good job getting to the line. But it was a very, very quiet 19 points. As I mentioned, much of those points came later in the ballgame. Very talented player, but I didn't see him. And again, he's a freshman. Let's be fair to him. But I didn't see him as a guy that was ready to take over the league like some have suggested. And again, it's just one ball game. But I thought Mississippi State defensively did a great job. Great job making him give the basketball up. Look at Mississippi State's numbers. Reggie Perry goes 31 minutes, scores 22 points, pulls down 22 rebounds. Very efficient night for Perry. 9 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 6 from the line. Uh, eight defensive rebounds, four on the offensive end. State continues to be among the nation's leaders in offensive rebounding. Didn't get in foul trouble. Had six assists. Couple of steals. I mean, just kind of filling out the stat line. Robert Woodard again. Robert Woodard is quietly having a huge year for Mississippi State. Twenty-seven minutes of action, seven of nine from the floor. His field goal percentage is ridiculous. One of two from three, and when he hit the one three, Tom Crean's right there next to us on the, on on press row. And Crean starts walking down the, the sideline and says he's not supposed to be hitting those shots. Well, he did. A couple free throws, pulls down seven boards, 17 points. When you're getting 22 from Reggie and 17 from Robert, it's going to be a good night, more nights than not, if you're a Mississippi State fan. Nick Wetherspoon pitches in a dozen. Tyson Carter, reborn off the bench, coming in as a Bulldog six-man. That's two games he's done it. 15 points against Mizzou, 18 against Georgia. Got it all going. Got it all going right now. We'll see if they can keep it going. Got a big ball game coming up against Arkansas. Big ball game coming up uh, against Arkansas. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I'll tell you, watching this team play, watching them share the basketball, watching them play good team defense, it – Mississippi State would have beaten a lot of teams on Saturday. 
and State's capable of playing that way consistently, we're going to play our way into the tournament. And I, and I shared with you guys before the conference schedule began, if we start out 0-3, you know, narrow will be the way for us to make it. Uh, the good thing is, is that I think now that the conference standings are kind of coming into focus here, you can see State does have some winnable games. Now, we talked about the possibility of losing the first three and then winning the next three. That's at Arkansas game Wednesday at 6 p.m. Going to need a big crowd there. And, and, and to the crowd's credit, I guess it was around 6,500 announced Saturday, and, and that was pretty close. It was it – was, Auburn game was, I guess, the best crowd of the year. The Georgia game probably second best, and some of that's because Georgia didn't bring as many people. But uh, we had a good crowd, crowd very engaged. I thought when State needed a lift, State needed a little juice, the crowd gave it to them. The hump was fun. Going to need the hump to be fun again on Wednesday. On Saturday, the men will travel to Oklahoma City to take on Oklahoma in the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's a real challenge there for sure, but it's a winnable game. I mean, yes, I know it's in Oklahoma City, but it is a winnable game uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, Oklahoma comes into the ball game 12 and five, with a three and two mark in conference. I actually lost two of the last three. Uh, put up big numbers against TCU on Saturday in Norman, 83-63. They'll be at Baylor tonight. But prior to that, they had lost to uh, Kansas, and that's no, there's no you know no shame there. And then they lost at Iowa State, and so. It's been, a, it's been a good season, not a great one. That'll be one that we'll watch. And Mississippi State and Oklahoma comparable, I think, in many respects. But we got to find a way to get fat here when the home cooking's being served, as you've heard me say before. Once we get to that Oklahoma ball game, we begin to look at this conference schedule. Let's assume right now, and I know it's a big assumption, but let's assume Mississippi State continues to play well and you beat Arkansas. Now you're 3-3 three and three in the league. The next stretch will likely define the season. The next five games at Florida, home against Tennessee, at Kentucky, home against Vandy, and then at Ole Miss. State needs to win three of those five. Certainly capable of doing it. Listen, Florida is very, very tough anywhere, but they're very tough at home. Very tough at home. They absolutely shelled Auburn. Tennessee is not what they were. And that's a ball game. Listen, State played Tennessee pretty well the last couple of years from Tennessee. It's been very good. We get this game at home Saturday, February 1st. Got to find a way to win that one. It's tough to go on the road and play Lexington. It's kind of like going and playing Alabama in football in Tuscaloosa. You're never going to get a call, ever, ever. You're never going to get a call against Kentucky. And, I, and to be honest with you, I, you know, I think State's got the talent to measure up most of the ball game. I don't know if we've got the depth there, but that'll be a ball game that, uh, you know, will be a big one for guys like Reggie Perry that are looking to move on to the next level. Then we get Vanderbilt coming in here. Vanderbilt, you guys uh, probably aware that they, they snapped their streak. The first game since the uh, introduction of the three-point line that the Commodores didn't have a three-pointer. I think they went, what, 0 for 25, 0 for 28, something ridiculous, like an SEC record for most attempts without a made three. That's a ball game we should win. Then we go to Ole Miss. And I don't know if you have kept up with Ole Miss. I don't really keep up with them as much in uh, men's basketball as perhaps I do in football and and baseball because, I mean, those games are a little more important to us. But but they're not playing very well. And – 
they are currently 0-4 in the conference. Let me double-check that to be sure. Blue, Blue, that's right, 0-4. They lose to LSU this weekend. Yeah, they're 9-8 overall and 0-4 in the conference. And so we went up there and won that game last year. We're going to have to find a way to win it again this year. And so then you begin to look at this thing and say, okay, if you win the, if you win three of those five, now all of a sudden you've got you're over 500, six and five. And there's a stretch there where it gets a little more, a little more manageable too. And when you get into the back half of the schedule, you know I think State could make some hay. You get a difficult trip to Arkansas, then you host South Carolina at home. You travel to A and M, host Alabama. You're at Mizzou, at South Carolina, and then you get Ole Miss here. There is not a game the rest of the way after that trip to Fayetteville that you look at and say, okay. Mississippi State's going to be outclassed and all that. I think State's got a chance to win every one of those games and really be the story in the SEC and the Western side of things. I know we don't have the divisions anymore, but you know what I'm saying. The way that State is playing right now, and there's listen, there's no guarantee that we're going to continue that. You know, this is a team that's been very inconsistent. You know, we felt really good about things, and then we, you know, we struggled against Radford, and then we lose to New Mexico State, lose to Louisiana Tech. So there's good there. There will be a stretch when we don't play well. But there's not anybody, I think, left on the schedule once you get into, you know, after that, once we get through Valentine's Day and that trip to Fayetteville, because that one worries me. I think Arkansas, I think Arkansas is a really good team. But once you get through there, it's a very, very manageable schedule. So let's just take it one game at a time. Try to go take down Arkansas here because we just really we really can't afford to be swept by them. But you get into this thing, you can think, okay, you got to be able to beat Vanderbilt. You got a good chance to sweep Ole Miss, a good chance to sweep Missouri, and if you can split with Alabama, split with South Carolina, you've got an opportunity to have a a uh, above 500 record in the conference for men's basketball, and we're going to need that to get in the tournament. We're going to absolutely have to have it. We're going to have to have over 20 wins. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot at stake, but we have the talent to do it. We talked about that, you know, sweeping Ole Miss. Uh, that was one of the things, too, a lot of people felt like, well, they're going to pass us now that they got Kermit. And, and you know what? They might. But I don't think it's going to be with this team. Uh, I had a friend of mine share recently that if they didn't have Bree and Tyree, that they, they, they might not be able to beat Bellhaven. But he had a huge night against LSU, despite the fact they lost the ball game 80-76. Look at the conference numbers, uh, you know, for Ole Miss. They lose at A&M. They uh, lose at home to Arkansas. And then they get blown out at Florida, and then they narrowly lose to LSU. So they've been somewhat competitive in these ball games, with the exception of the Florida game. Uh, they had a couple players not make the trip, been a little bit banged up. But uh, – be that as it may, it's a very vulnerable Ole Miss basketball team. We got to find a way to win both of those ball games. I'd like to welcome a a new sponsor to the Boneyard for a while. We've got uh, Hawthorne with a W. That's Hawthorne, H A W T H O R N E. Hawthorne.co. Go. You need to go check them out. So, and here's the deal about that. So, if you're like me. Every time I get ready to leave the house, I always spray on a pump or two of cologne, you know, and uh, I usually just wear whatever my wife buys me or my mother-in-law used to buy me that sort of stuff. But that, you know, I don't put a lot of time and effort into it. I just want to smell good. So 
the whole process of going out buying cologne and personal care products and that sort of stuff for, for, for us guys is a little more convoluted. I mean, sometimes we just kind of buy whatever's on sale. That's the wrong way to do it. Let me encourage you. Go visit the folks at hawthorne.co. There is a little quiz that you can take. I took the quiz. I've got some products on the way, and I'll be able to tell you guys about that soon. Uh, but uh, they've got cologne. They've got body wash. They've got shampoo. They've got conditioner. Uh, they've got anything that you need to look good, smell good. And, and listen, the ladies in your life and the people around you, your coworkers, everybody wants you to smell nice. And how nice would it be to smell nice and have the fragrances that fit you? And so you go take this quiz, and again, go to Hawthorne, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot co, C-O, and take the quiz. It's about a minute and a half, I guess. They say it's two minutes, but it's really not. You take this quick little quiz, and you put your interest down, things you like, uh, even some of the things that you drink. I mean, like if uh, there are certain things you eat or drink that perhaps kind of work with your system, your biology that uh, will make you smell nicer. So go check it out. And so here's what we're going to do, but because of the fact that um, I want you guys to smell good. And ladies, let me tell you, you need to go do this too. You need to do this for your for the man in your life. Go visit them at hophorn.co. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you the phrase it pays. And it's Boneyard. Simple as that. Use the promo code Boneyard and get 10% off your purchase. You can set up like Routine shipments, because they've got some you can just have it ship once and try it out, and that's cool. But once you like it, I think what you're going to do is you're going to go back, and, and they will replenish you. And so they'll kind of set you up on a schedule that, hey, we'll ship your body wash every you know couple of weeks or whatever. I get tired of going to uh, and walking the aisles of the pharmacy section to kind of figure out uh, what works for me and what doesn't. Because more times than not, you know how it is. If you buy something that, that doesn't work, you, you keep using it until you run out of it because you don't want to spend the money. How great would it be to use your own money to get the things that fit you best? Again, that's Hawthorne. Hawthorne with a W and an E. Hawthorne.co. Promo code Boneyard. Save 10%. So let's dig into this South Carolina deal. All right. A lot going on with South Carolina. They are great. They're not good. They're not really good. They're great. And everybody kind of expected this. They went out and signed the number one recruiting class in America. Those young players are playing exceptionally well, making a big contribution. We had a great recruiting class. We have some young players that are making a big contribution. It's the two biggest kids on the block. It's just a matter of time before they fight. And this is here where, where we are. And looking at South Carolina, there are some familiar names. You remember Herbert Harrigan. Uh, she was going to be a grad transfer, and then Don Stowe talked her into staying. She is somebody that's always dialed it up and had a big game against Mississippi State. She seems to play her best against Mississippi State. She is that stretch four that everybody talks about. It's kind of changing the women's game. She can knock down the three. She can post you up. She's a mismatch out there. She's a great athlete. Mississippi State actually recruited her when she was in the portal. Started all 18 games. Second in minutes played at 463. Averaging over 25 minutes a game. The best three-point shooter by percentage on the team at 48%. That is unheard of at any level for any gender, for any player. 48%. And the granted, and she's efficient with it, 12 of 25. Decent free throw shooter, averaging just 113 points a game. And then listen, they don't have the one star that just kind of takes over a game. It's very balanced. They're a very, very good team. It's not where you can just say, okay, well, listen, it's Aja Wilson and then a bunch of uh, supporting cast players. Uh, that's not true at all. 
They, they, they're very balanced in their scoring. Their leading scorer is Aliyah Boston, just over 13 points a game, or right at 13 points a game. Not a three-point shooter. Does everything inside. Hasn't attempted a three the whole year. So you can kind of turn her loose out there. She's playing in a post. 160 rebounds on the year already. 160. Remarkably, 73 of those on the offensive end. She is a true force for them down low. Uh, Zia Cook, among the best freshmen in the country. A starter, played in all 18 games. 24 of 63 for right at 38% from three-point line. You know, she, you know, she's a volume shooter. Leads them in shots, 210 shots per game. Per, per game, maybe a record word, 210 shots on the year. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, Again, just over a dozen points, 12.3 points per game, helping out on the rebounding as well. And Ty Harris, it feels like Ty Harris has been there for a dozen years. Now, here's the thing about Ty Harris. She she is not a prolific scorer. She is an, an opportunistic scorer. She's a point guard that runs the game. She doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And to be honest, most of the mistakes she's made is when she kind of rushes a shot, and her shot selection has been better this year. Again, started all 18 games, 11.8 points a game, really kind of making things happen, 90 assists, 40 turnovers. But she's not somebody that's going to go out there and uh, and, and force the action like maybe she would early in her career. So you have a veteran point guard, and, and Vic Schaefer shared with us that he actually coached her at Team USA Basketball this summer. Hopefully he'll have some insight into what she doesn't do well after coaching her directly. This is a very, very good team. Uh, Bria Beal rounds out the starters, averaging uh, 6.7 points a game. But uh, it's been the same five all 18 games. And let me go ahead and prepare you for this. I don't I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, South Carolina and Mississippi State not real fond of each other. And, and uh, they are looking at their numbers. It's incredible. They're 17-1, 8-0 at home. 7-0 away, and they're 2-1 on neutral floor. The one loss they had this year was to Indiana and the St. Thomas Virgin Islands, the first game of the uh, Paradise Jam down there. They lose to Indiana, who is a very good team as well, 71-57. Since that time, I mean, let's just run, let's just back up here a second. They, have, they won at Maryland, who at the time was number four. After losing to Indiana, they go right back and they beat Baylor in, in um, the St. Thomas Virgin Islands game two, 74-59. They've taken down nasty ranked South Dakota. They route Kentucky 99-62. They route Alabama. They beat Arkansas, who was also ranked 91-82. That was a close ball game. Then they destroyed Vanderbilt, and then they beat Missouri 78-45. In the postgame, head coach from Missouri says, hey, at least we kept them under 90. You know, how far is Missouri fall? Uh, that was not a close ball game, and that's another one. That's one of those games, too. Where South Carolina doesn't have a lot of fans in Columbia, Missouri, either. If Don Staley can beat Vic Schaefer by 50 points, she absolutely would. You know, and it's not its not because there's any acrimony or anything like that. It's because she's such a competitor. Mississippi State has had the better of this series the last couple of years. State's won three of the last four. And I don't know if you're aware of this, 
the last team to win in Colonial Life Arena against South Carolina women? You guessed it, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. We beat them twice last year. Beat them 89-74 in Starkville. And then go in there and uh, beat them 68-64 at their place to put the game away and, and really wrap up the outright SEC championship. Yeah, we could have shared it with them. We don't like to share at Mississippi State. We want to win. And so you better believe that South Carolina and Don Staley have reminded that team of this rivalry and of Mississippi State's success against South Carolina last year. Yeah, yeah, we've won three of the last four. They won the big one, the SEC tournament game in 2018. Kept us from winning the championship, the SEC tournament championship. We've won the regular season championship back-to-back seasons. But we have had the better of this series the last two years. They will be ready to play, and we will be ready to play. But this will be an environment that I don't think that our young players have ever seen. Many of our players that will be expected to start this game, they won there the last time we were up there. It'll be a different deal for the young players, but uh, you know, for players like Andy Espinosa and Jordan Danbury, Jessica Carter, you know, Chloe Bibby, it'll be a little different. You know, Chloe obviously uh, tore the ACL, but uh, she understands what big-time environments are like. But I wonder how Maya Taylor and some of those younger players will handle the pressure because Colonial Life is one of those places that when things tend to go poorly for you, they will get, that crowd will make you feel like the ground is about to open up and swallow you whole. They will bring a good effort. So that's your ball game tonight. I know many of you will tune in to watch that. Big ball game, to say the least. The winner of that game, you got to think, okay, this team will have, uh, you know, leg up obviously in the in the race to win the SEC. But uh, there's still some teams very capable of, uh, you know, getting Mississippi State down the stretch. Kentucky being one of them. Ball game tonight. That's going to be 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Big big ball game, and and I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm worried about it. I, I'm absolutely worried about this. It's going to be on ESPN two. So tune in and watch the game. Be big for us. And I, we met with Vic last week, and he said, you know what, we'll, 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 our kids will be ready to go. Our kids will be ready to go. So we'll see. Yeah, I think if you can come in there and hit some big shots early uh, and kind of knock them off, the, knock the crowd out of the ball game, you've got a much better chance of doing some big things. But uh, this is a very talented team. We're a talented team. They're a very talented team. I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, – you know, I, I wish this game was in uh, Starkville, Mississippi. You know, we ended up having to play them twice last year, and uh, I'm sure that was uh, one of those things too. Perhaps the TV was involved in that. We had to play them twice last year. We won them both. Back to playing them once a year, but uh, one of those deals you look at and you get excited about, and you think, okay, well, if if we can win this ball game, then all things are possible. That's that's exactly how it feels. But uh, we're going against one of the best teams and best coaches in college basketball, out of question. Uh, real quickly, running down some numbers here for Mississippi State. Jordan Danbury, really need her to be on top of her game. 
She's got to get to the line, make those free throws. Got to get them in some foul trouble. Yeah, it's one of the things about emotion. You know, South Carolina will have them up. You know, they're expected to win the ball game, but I believe they're favored by 10. It's when you come out a little bit juiced up, sometimes you can get off your execution. 14.2 points a game for Jordan Danbury. Rakia Jackson, freshman sensation, 13.2. Jessica Carter averaging 13. They're leading to get her going. That's going to be a war down low. Chloe Bibby just over nine points a game. Andy Espinosa Hunter, we've got to get her going. She's only started three games this year at 18. Not sure if she starts tonight, but she looked great the other night. She really looked like the player we expected her to see, that we expected to see this year. Uh, so there you are on the women's basketball update. Really excited about this ball game, but at the same time, very, very concerned. <laughs> very, 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 very concerned. A lot of respect for uh, Don Staley in South Carolina. Moving along to a little pro football action here. Congratulations to Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs as they advance to the Super Bowl, take on the San Francisco 49ers. We uh, were assured of a AFC champion Bulldog moving on to a chance to uh, to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, if Green Bay had won, we'd be guaranteed of one now, but uh, Green Bay losing yesterday to San Francisco. So Chris Jones, the Bulldog hope. To, uh, to win a Super Bowl ring this year. And listen, Chris certainly uh, deserves it and, and was active yesterday after missing last week's uh, divisional playoff game. Be big for him, to say the least. But uh, Mississippi State, well represented in the NFL playoffs. You know, Green Bay, I think, had uh, what half, I'm nearly half a dozen Bulldogs on the roster. All of them making contributions. Preston Smith had a career year in Green Bay. Really kind of legitimized his signing. Uh, by the Packers, and really he's done a great job up there. Had that uh, the big sack against Seattle to close uh, close out Russell Wilson, KJ Wright. KJ Wright also a guy that's had a big year this year, in uh, the year that he needed uh, probably an opportunity for him to get a you know one more big deal before he gets out of uh, pro football. And then Nick Fitzgerald signed uh, by the St. Louis Battlehawks, I guess, of the XFL. Yeah, the St. Louis Battlehawks. You know, Nick uh, was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a practice squad, uh, was released, worked out for a couple teams, including the Houston Texans. Is now in the XFL and really anything to keep the dream alive. And Nick Fitzgerald, if you guys have read Stark Villains, you understand the sacrifices he made to be your quarterback. Uh, so, again, happy to see Nick have an opportunity to uh, to continue to pursue his professional football dreams and some other Mississippi State guys out there, Fred Ross among others out there in the XFL. So we'll have a rooting interest uh, in that league and looking forward to seeing those guys have an opportunity to play again. Nick James, another one of those guys that, uh, <laughs> that yeah, you got to love Nick James. You know, yeah, you have to love Nick James. You, you never know what's coming with Nick James, but uh, you know he's going to bring a good effort. Uh, so, yeah, we'll look forward to Chris Jones having an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan for life. But I am a Mississippi State fan first, and so I will be pulling for Chris Jones in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't really have a rooting interest in the San Francisco 49ers, though I know many people do. Many of those uh, folks from the 80s that loved uh, the Montana and Steve Young teams, you're happy to see them kind of return to some prominence. And listen, congratulations to all those fans. But uh, I will be pulling for Chris Jones, and I will be uh, pulling for my friend Matt Wyatt, who is the only Kansas City Chiefs fan that I know that uh, has been with them through thick and thin. And uh, have had some good times over the years uh, trading some banner with Matt when the Steelers would beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, this weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, I'll be with uh, Chris Jones. So 
I know many of you are like, well, Steve, what's going on with the defensive coordinator search? You know, we have talked about Brian Newberry. Broke some news on that over the weekend. Uh, Brian Newberry spent Friday in Key West, Florida with Coach Mike Leach and then uh, some time in Starkville on Saturday. Uh, he is the preferred candidate. There is not a deal in place just yet. Perhaps there will be today. Perhaps there will be tomorrow. Not exactly sure on that. Trying to get some information about it for you guys now. I know we're eager to get things done. Now that we're beginning to see some defensive hires made on the staff. You know, we hear them privately. Nothing's official out there yet by university release. But one of the things that I was told shortly after Mike Leach got the job is that he would have some input from the new defensive coordinator before he finalized any uh, of the hires. And so uh, Darcel McBath, a longtime Mike Leach guy, Played for Leach at Texas Tech, spent some time in the NFL, and has been at Washington State uh, for the last few years. Uh, understand he is headed to Starkville. Also to uh, Coach Phelps there, D-line coach at Washington State. Uh, he is another one of those guys that is very well regarded as a, uh, as a coach and as a recruiter. A guy that has developed some players that have gone on the National Football League. Jeff Phelps is a, you know, a Chicago guy. So he didn't necessarily have ties to the South, but uh, played at Ball State, but uh, has been with Leach for three years now. And I understand that he is expected to come in and join the staff at Mississippi State. Now, speaking of defensive line coaches, I don't know if you guys are aware, Brian Baker left Mississippi State last year, kind of in a lurch. After signing an extension with Mississippi State, leaves and goes to Alabama, being told now that he is going to go into an off-the-field role. I guess he would be more of a QC guy at Alabama, talked that they may hire Freddie Roach or Rafe Ole Miss. So Brian Baker's name is in the news. And a lot of people that said, well, you know, I can't fault Baker for going and trying to get a championship ring or something like that. Well, that didn't work out for him. Uh, and so I offer no, uh, no ill feelings towards Brian Baker, but uh, Brian Baker had a really good gig here at Mississippi State. And so now Mississippi State uh, will kind of move forward uh, looking to replace Deke Adams, and I thought Deke Adams did a great job here at Mississippi State. But uh, it appears that Jeff Phelps will be your new defensive line coach at Mississippi State. Now, what I surmise from all of that is the talk behind the scenes is, hey, we're not going to finalize defensive staff until we have a coordinator. And the fact that we're getting these coaches in tells me that uh, we're looking to move them out of limbo and that we're closing in on getting something done. But again, no deal done just yet with Newberry. We'll continue to work and try to get you guys some information. I'm excited about the direction of the staff. And one of the things I wanted to share with you, too, about this offensive staff, and uh, I think it's important that we fully appreciate this. You don't, you don't go hire a guy like Mike Leach, as accomplished as he is and as innovative as he is, and then say, hey, Coach, listen, we want you to come. However... We want you to keep this guy and that guy and this guy. And we listen, we need to run the football. We need to do that. We need to do that. No, that's not how you do it. You hire the guy and say, Coach, here's the keys to the car. Uh, don't wreck it. Go get it done. And that's all you worry about. You don't get all wrapped up in all this and you start making demands, staffing-wise. Those are things that just don't make any sense. So he is bringing the offensive staff intact. Many of those guys are already on the road. Mason Miller, your new offensive line coach. Uh, 
Eric Mealy, your running backs coach, already on the road. Steve Spurrier Jr., already on the road. Those guys were out and about last night having in-home visits with prospects. You don't have a tight ends coach. You know, Mike Leach is his own offensive coordinator, his own quarterback coach, and I'm told that really what he does is he has uh, one of his QC guys that kind of helps him run the quarterback drills when he needs to kind of move around and observe practices. But you don't go hire a guy like Mike Leach and then make demands on he, how he do things. You just set an expectation. This is what we want. You get us there. We want to we want to get to Atlanta. We want to have a chance to beat Alabama. We want to have a chance to go compete for an SEC championship. And then here's the money to go hire the coaches to get us there. That's how you do it. And I've read with great interest some people that you know that feel like, hey, we need to do this. We need to say that. No, that's not how it works. The same thing on the defensive side of the football. The thing that I was told, again, is that we would have a defensive coordinator pretty much lined up before we began finalizing the defensive hires on that side of the football. I shared with you guys from the beginning that uh, Mike Leach informed the current Mississippi State assistant coaches that, hey, if you get a job opportunity, you need to take it because I can't guarantee you a position on the staff. Can't guarantee it. And, and listen, to be fair, that's what he should have told them. Because if you sit here and give them false hope and then you bring in a defensive coordinator that has no relationship with them, they don't stay. And so much has been made about Terrell Buckley going Ole Miss. I love T-Buck. We're from the same place. Same hometown, Columbia, Mississippi. Yeah, he grew up in Pascagoula, but he's from Columbia, Mississippi. Don't let him ever tell you differently. He is. they got a bunch of family there in Columbia, Mississippi. I'll always be Terrell Buckley's friend. I'm, I'm privileged at the fact that I've got a chance to know him over the course of the last four years. But he's at Ole Miss now. He wasn't going to be retained at Mississippi State. There was some talk that possibly he would get the opportunity to interview uh, with a new defensive coordinator. But Darcel McBath was the guy that I was told from the beginning, they'll work that out and find a way to get him on the staff. And so when you have a guy like Darcel McBath that has played at a high level with Mike Leach and for Mike Leach, at Texas Tech, and it's gone on to have a successful NFL career and then has come back into the Mike Leach umbrella as an assistant coach, that's the guy. Mike Leach doesn't have a relationship with Terrell Buckley. I, I don't wish any harm on Terrell Buckley except, you know, I, I listen, I hope that uh, he goes winless in egg balls and never signs a Mississippi recruit. But I got nothing negative to say about Terrell Buckley, but I've read a lot of people that have said, you know, well, this is such a mistake, you know, Again, you, you can't go hire the chef and then tell him which groceries to use. And so, again, Terrell Buckley needed a job. I understand he was actually leaning towards going to Texas A&M when uh, Ole Miss made the call and got involved with him. And listen, say, listen, Terrell Buckley, uh, go make all you can. But I uh, hope that you uh, – hope Mississippi State continues to win every Egg Bowl that you're a part of. Nothing personal, but um, – yeah, I've read these other people that have just said, oh, my gosh, you know, the, the sky is falling. You know, I think T-Buck's a great guy, did a good job for us as a coach, did a good job for us as a recruiter. Uh, I don't think that he's a real difference maker in that respect. Though. I, don't, I don't think that we all of a sudden have to alter our plans. And so that's where we are. Everybody needs to kind of take a step back and relax a little bit and understand that some of these coaches that you're lamenting the loss of that you were against hiring in the first place. Terrell Buckley, listen, came in here, worked hard for us. 
and uh, listen, wish him the absolute best in everything he does moving forward, except uh, against Mississippi State. So where do we go from here? Well, we talked about Brian Newberry coming in. I don't know if that's close, if that's final just yet. Uh, I guess if it was final, we'd have a release. The university is closed today in honor of MLK Day. And then it'll be a business day again tomorrow. And so a lot of people have, have taken the day off. I expect a full release of the assistants that have been hired and processed. Because there's a process that goes through all that, too. It's not as simple as, okay, well, let's just go hire them and have them fill out a job application. They're, they're, the things have to be processed. You have to put your off-campus uh, recruiters on file with the NCAA. There's, there's just some, there's some things that have to happen. And so many of the, the these people we're talking about are already out recruiting, but the university has not announced their hiring yet. So that will come. Just everybody needs to kind of be patient uh, in that respect. Speaking of being patient, we had a report yesterday that former West Point and Alabama offensive lineman Scott Lashley was ready to enroll for, for uh, spring classes at Mississippi State. We're still optimistic that's happened, but he has not enrolled just yet. We were we were a little we were a little bit ahead of the game there, but uh, he he is essentially committed to Mississippi State, uh, and so now they're kind of working through the admissions process, and so that'll all take a little time, but. Uh, with the university being closed, I mean, you know, the admissions process for grad school is a little different than it is for uh, for undergrad. So we expect some news on that. I am still optimistic that'll work out. But uh, it, it, listen, even if he can't come until June, then so be it. But uh, whether he comes and it's th- the third tackle or wins the right tackle spot, then so be it. He, he played about 60 snaps at Alabama last year. He has been primarily a reserve his entire career at Alabama. But he's playing behind the future first-round draft pick in Leatherwood. I mean, this is a guy that elected to come back. And I don't blame Scott Lashley. I mean, you, you bide your time and you think, okay, some at some point I'll get the chance to start here. I've, I've paid my dues here. And then if that's not going to happen, well, I've got my college degree. I've got to go somewhere else and see if I can't get uh, on the field and hopefully prolong my playing career. So Mississippi State stands to benefit from that. I have read some people that have said, well, you know, he, he didn't – you know, he didn't uh, – he didn't choose us the first time. You know, Jonathan Abram didn't choose us the first time either. We didn't offer him a scholarship, but uh, we were sure happy to have him uh, when he came back. You know, and so those are the things that I kind of bring up. I, you know, anybody that can help this football team win, uh, I am not too petty or too uh, proud to say, you know what, let's let's bring them on back. And so uh, Scott Lashley comes in a position of need. Mississippi State is a little bit tackle poor right now, to be honest with you. you got a lot of young guys. Uh, Greg Allen, of course, will be a redshirt senior. And, uh, you know, Island, of course, has, has been up and down a bit at times health-wise. But uh, to have a guy like Lashley to come in as a stopgap guy that could eat up some snaps for you and have a chance to do some big things for you on that offensive line, because it's going to be a different deal, okay? It's going to be a much different deal with Mason Miller and the air raid offense here at Mike Leach. We're going to do things a little bit differently. And we like those mammoth offensive linemen now. We're not going to go out and sign a bunch of 6 one uh, centers and guards. We're going to go out and get big guys and kind of wall up and use those big splits and and keep guys off the quarterback. But uh, I am 100% behind this whole thing about Scott Lashley. I wish he'd have signed on with Mississippi State in the first place. But uh, be that as it may, if he feels a need for us, then we need to go get him. So there are only about three, possibly four spots left in this class. Uh, and so he takes one of those. And so then people are like, well, Steve, where do we go from here? Well, I think you've got to go get another offensive lineman. You have to go get an offensive lineman. I still think we need an older safety and then maybe another wide receiver in this group. 
And so immediately when people hear wide receiver, they think we're going to go get another high school guy. I, I Personally, I don't agree with that at all. I think if you're going to go out and get one more wide receiver, you've got to get a guy that helps you this year. Mississippi State, very thin at wide receiver. you got to go out and get a guy that helps you. Perhaps you go out and you get a guy like a uh, you know, grad transfer type, type guy. And there's a lot of discussion about taking a grad transfer quarterback. Uh, and then people say, well, what does that mean for the guys that we have here? Again, I am for what is best for Mississippi State football. And so if that means going out and getting K.J. Costello from Stanford, then that's so be it. Absolutely so be it. He is a guy that's been in a grad transfer portal, had an injured thumb this year. Uh, Washington State was already kind of re- recruiting him. And so if we can get him here, it makes us a better football team. This is the, people, the first thing people think when they say, well, grad transfer, uh, the Tommy Stevens thing didn't work out. And it didn't work out. A lot of that was due to his own injuries. But K.J. Costello, obviously a much more accomplished college quarterback than Tommy Stevens. And that's not to be negative about Tommy Stevens, but K.J. Costello has been a starter in the Pac-12. He's thrown for over 6,000 yards in his career. And uh, this is a pass-happy scheme that we're, you know, we're probably going to have some guys that's going to have to, uh, guys like Will Rogers and potentially Garrett Schrader, that are going to need some seasoning in this offense. And so uh, it, you'd like to be able to hang on to those guys, but if you look at the Mike Leach model, he, he tends to favor older quarterbacks. And if he feels like the, that a grad transfer quarterback gives us the best chance to win, then we got to trust him. It goes back to the very beginning of the football segment. You can't go hire the guy and then tell him, hey, you can't go get a quarterback to run your scheme. you got to work with the kids that we already have here. And I believe we've got some quarterbacks on this campus that can help us win. Mike Leach knows a whole lot more about coaching quarterbacks than me and you, a whole lot more. And so let him make his own evaluations and be excited. You know, it's There's so many times that we offer opinions about things we don't know a whole lot about. And this is really one of them. But if he looks at our depth chart and says, you know what, maybe we need a stopgap guy while these other guys begin to kind of develop and kind of get a, you know, a handle on the offense, then that's the direction we should take. Uh, I want Mississippi State to win. And I, as I've said many times on this show and others, I am for Mississippi State. And I am for everybody else that is for Mississippi State. There will be other people that will come along and, and probably some members of our own football program that say, you know what, I'm not on board with this. I've got to go somewhere else. And that is okay. Like the, the old expression, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. There are going to be some players leave. That's That happens when you have a coaching change. You know, we didn't have anybody leave when Joe Moorhead showed. and we, we Hopefully we'll be able to maintain the roster here. But there are going to be some times that people say, you know what, this just doesn't fit me. I only got a short time in life to play football. I'm going to push off and go somewhere else. And you know, that's okay. You don't take that personal. And I know that there will be this angst and all these people on the message boards and Facebook and social media will be wringing their hands saying, what have we gotten ourselves into? We've gone out and hired a guy that has gone to 16 bowl games in 18 years as a head coach in the Power Five. Not in the G5, not at FCS, Power Five. This guy knows how to win. We just need to stay out of the way. Let him go out and sign the guys that fit his system. Let him start who he wants to start. I mean, you know, listen, I don't think, uh, you know, John Cohen or Everett Kennard or Mark Keenum or anybody like that is going to be in the press box on uh, on game day calling plays. It's not how it's going to work. And so if you're not going to be out there and you're not you're not responsible for the outcome, you got to let the guy that is make the plays and the personnel decisions and all the things that go with it. We're not, we're not probably not all going to agree to all of it. 
there will be somebody, I'm sure, there will be a name player on this roster that will leave and might, might even get run off. And some of our fans are going to panic. And I'll share with you, too, that there have been some things that have happened in the past year or two with some, some named players where they have basically been able to do what they want to do. Well, those days are going to be over. And so, as I shared when we had the big culture change show here on the Boneyard, there is about to be another culture change. We had a culture problem. We're about to fix some of the culture. You know, part, some, one of the things to me that is symptomatic of the culture is the fact that we have so many players that get out here and have so much to say on social media that is kind of detrimental to Mississippi State. That's a problem. And listen, I'm all about free speech and everybody's got a right to say it, but you know what? If you played for me, you might have a right to say it, but I still have a right to fill out the starting lineup, right? And so you know what? I might might not even go to you and say, you know what, listen, uh, I don't really care for your social media behavior, so I need you to cut that out. I'm going to not even say that. But I'm going to go play kids, and I'm going to put kids in a lineup, and I'm going to start players, and I'm going to call plays for players that are committed to Mississippi State. Those are the guys that I'm going to go play. You know, when I coached high school baseball, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't coach anybody to give me a headache. And so the guys that gave me a headache, you know what? They found their playing time a little bit limited. And then sometimes they'd say, "Coach, you know, uh, you know, what do we need to do to get on the field a little bit more? What do we need to do?" I said, well, "I tell you what, you need to do. How about you be coachable? How about you listen? And how about when I tell you to do something, you don't go sit in the line in the dugout and and pout? How about you support your teammates? How about that?" Back in those days, social media was still kind of in its infancy. And every so often, you know, somebody would send me a, you know, a tweet or a comment or something like that that some kid had made about our baseball team. I didn't even address it. I just didn't play them because that's who they really were. They were showing me who they really were. And so those are the things that I think about is if you're committed to Mississippi State, and you're committed to Mississippi State success, and you won't go out there and do anything publicly to harm the image or the reputation of Mississippi State. Hey, listen, everybody's got a right to vent, but not publicly. That's, that's one of the things that I, if, if you're a part of an organization or a team or a franchise or anything like that, or a family, you don't air the dirty laundry for all to see. I'm a firm believer in that. You get fired up about what you're working on. You get fired up about your team. And you know what? We're not always all going to agree. And we're going to have disagreements. But we don't go air those grievances out there publicly. You know, and it's just like when I see people advocating for certain coaches and that sort of stuff. You know, well, what happens when that guy doesn't get the job? Then all of a sudden you, you're, you're operating from a deficit, but when the new guy does get the job. You know, I'm true maroon, and uh, we have been through much worse times than this. And uh, we've got a coach coming in that knows what he's doing, and he's going to make you proud. I mean, and he's going to say some things that are going to be a little quirky, and that's cool too. You know, I think it's been kind of bland the last couple of years, and, and, I, and I say that not in a negative way. But, uh, you know, Matt Luke was kind of a quiet guy. You know, he was real fiery. And, and one thing I'll give Matt Luke a lot of credit for, he didn't say a whole lot about Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead didn't say a whole lot about Ole Miss. And I don't think that those guys really had, uh, you know, negative feelings about each other. They, they, they probably had some negative feelings about the team, you know, and that's to be expected. Negative feelings about their experiences when they lose a ball game to us, but it wasn't very colorful. Got a couple of colorful characters here. Um, you know, they'll have some things to say, 
And I think it's going to be good for the rivalry. I think it's going to be one of those things, too, that uh, will add some real color and flair to the rivalry. But there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then. It's going to be a long, a long process before we get to Thanksgiving night in Oxford, Mississippi. There's going to be some recruiting battles. There's going to be one and lost. There's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be media days. There's going to be SEC meetings. There's going to be, you know, things will be said, uh, you know, on the radio. There's going to be things that are going to happen. And there'll be some acrimony. And it's one of the things, too, that people said, well, you know, Steve, Mike Leach didn't do real well in the Apple Cup, and he didn't. He didn't. And maybe that's something we can teach him. Maybe that's something we can show him how important it is to win the rivalry game. You know, I don't even know who Texas Tech's true rival is. You know, I know they kind of claimed, uh, you know, rivalry against A&M, but, you know, A&M's rivalry was really always Texas. So I think in many respects, Texas Tech was kind of a team that didn't have a true rival. And maybe that followed Leach when he went to, to Wazoo. But at Mississippi State, we have a real rival. We expect to win that football game every single year. Good, bad, or indifferent. We expect you to find a way to win the game. Even when we don't have a great team on the road, down 20, we expect you to find a way to win the ball game. It is the most important game of the year. And I know people say, well, you know, it's just another game. No, you're, you're just saying that because that way when we lose the ball game, you can say, I like you don't care. Winning in-state on the recruiting trail and on the football field will always be of paramount importance. And just like you look at that 2014 season, as great as that year was, we got a number one in the country. We're the first team ranked in the FBS playoff poll. We've got a chance to get to Atlanta. We blow it on the road at Atlanta at Alabama. And then somehow when I look back at that, I think, you know what? This year wasn't complete because we didn't beat Ole Miss. Then we go 2015, and we have some struggles in the offensive line. We still have a chance to play our way into a Sugar Bowl for the first time in program history. And we lose to Ole Miss in Dak Prescott's final game at Davis Wedge Stadium. Kept us out of the Sugar Bowl. They went. They beat a very mediocre Oklahoma State team to a touchdown pass for Laramie Tunsil. And this generation of Ole Miss fans got to celebrate their very own Sugar Bowl. We still don't have one. And so when you sit here and tell me, well, you know, Steve, it's just another game. No, it's not just another game. It is the game. It always has been. It always will be. And so Mike Leach, of course, I am confident that Dr. Mark Keenum and Director of Athletics John Cohen have expressed to Mike Leach how important it is to win that football game. I had a discussion with Joe Moorhead shortly after he got here, and I told him, you want to endear yourself to Mississippi State people, you beat Ole Miss. You don't have to beat them in the media. You don't have to beat them at the press conference, but you got to beat them on the football field. He won both of those games, but it still didn't work out. But it's one of the things I think is remarkable. I think in hindsight, we'll look back and say, you know what? The Jim Moorhead hire was a mistake. But despite the fact that we didn't get to where we wanted to go, we still beat those guys at Oxford both times we played them. And really, we were the better team on the field, without a doubt, in both ball games. They uh, scored a garbage touchdown late uh, to kind of make that game look a little closer than it really was. And I just begin to think, too, what if we had actually run the offense and had a chance to run them off the field? We probably should have done that. A couple of play calls you, you kind of wish you had back. But it is what it is. We won the game. We won the game both years and still fired the coach. It is what it is. 
Well, I look forward to being back with you guys later this week on Wednesday. We'll kind of recap uh, what happens with uh, South Carolina, and, and we'll preview Mississippi State's big matchup with Arkansas in men's basketball. And hopefully by that time, we'll have some announcements as far as staffing goes, and hopefully we'll be ready to get this thing done. I still think even after you hire the D.C., you've got linebackers coach you got to go out there and hire. So uh, I'm con- continuing to work on all that. We'll have the latest updates over on Gene's page. I want to remind you, too, our good friends at Campus Bookmart, they will take care of you. Stan, the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew, they will take care of you because you are family to them. Go by and see them. Get the latest and greatest in maroon and white fashions and all type of memorabilia, novelty items, things for your home, office, RV, your pet, whatever you want, they can get it. Miss Kathy Brown can order anything from anywhere, anything that is maroon and white, that'll make your life more complete as a Mississippi State fan, she can get it for you. If you can't make it to town, go visit them at campusbookmart.net. By being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. It's BSR, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over $50, any order less than 50 bucks. Absolutely incomplete. Remind you, too, 35 days away from the beginning of college baseball season. Just 35 days. 35 days. And Baseball America's poll came out today. Diamond Dogs ranked number nine. I believe we are now consensus top ten across every major poll. And it seems like with college baseball, there's a new one every single year. This is a really good team. We're going to have a chance to get out of the gate strong, make some big plays, and uh, turn some heads early. I'm eager to see this pitching staff. And we've talked so many times about you know, if the pitching holds up, what does that mean for Mississippi State? Uh, With the offense that we have, we're going to be able to outscore some people, but we've got enough starting pitching that I believe we can shut some people down and probably win some three-to-two type ball games on weekends. It's all about figuring out that bullpen role, and those are the things that um, Coach Chris Lamonis and and his staff are kind of working through right now. But uh, excited about baseball. I'm always excited about baseball because we are a baseball school. We're a baseball school that loves football and everything else, and Unbeknownst to us, we actually had a real passion for women's basketball, and that's kind of come to fruition here in the last few years under Vic Schaefer's leadership and direction. Uh, But it's a great time to be Mississippi State Bulldog. Looking forward to seeing you guys back in town. Again, stay warm. It is, again, a beautiful day here, but, man, it's cold outside. And I hope that you guys have a great week. Be back on Wednesday with so many great things to talk about. And hopefully, hopefully, we've got some official word on the defensive coordinator higher we can get this thing done because Mississippi State's expected to, to host official visitors this coming weekend and we've only got a handful of spots left but uh, this is a big weekend for us as we kind of push towards National Signing Day the traditional National Signing Day in February until next time let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live <laughs>